321123, welcome back to another episode of But I Don't Know, though, with your co-host, uh, Avery Mason. I'm right here alongside uh, Mr. Mr. Phil. Here. We in the building. Mr. Phil, I put up 20 buckets and 10 rebounds, Hunt. Uh, I wouldn't say that much. All right, I, mean, I, I, give, I was more of an assist man myself. All right, so I give, a good shooter. I'll give you 25 and maybe 7, all right? I mean, you're giving me a lot. That sounds like I should be pro. You ain't putting up 20? All right. Nah, it, it wasn't that crazy. All right, cool. Well, I think my career high in the game actually is like nine. Yeah, nine in the game. It's just the points. Nine points. That's all right. I'll take it. I mean, but that's that's the thing people don't understand about sports. It's like, you know how hard it is just to be a solid contributor? Yep. Like, fuck a star. Mm-hmm. Consistent. A solid contributor. Like, Consistent. People think about like a J.R. Smith or somebody that is like, you know how hard it is to be that guy? Yeah, and he's playing golf in college now. Mm-hmm. Which shout out to him for going back to college, man. Yeah, he came straight out of high school, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there was a lot of questions and question marks, and you know, maturity issues. But he matured. Yeah, you know what? You know who else too came out of high school that I thought would be better? Um, a guy uh, for the Pacers, Jonathan Bender. Oh, his name? My guy, yeah. I thought he was going to be. I don't know what happened. Maybe he didn't fit in with the he system. Broke Michael Jordan's scoring record. Yeah, in the McDonald's All Star. That, that's what I'm saying. I remember that. And that's why I was like, "Oh wow, he's about yeah, to be in the NBA." And... Him and yeah, he just never. His knees were never healthy. Yeah, I it's always why I tell people that beating in the NBA is not just going from college, going from 30 games to mm-hmm. 82. It's flights plus practices, mm-hmm. banging against grown men. That yeah, a lot of the muscle. high school guys, with the exception of Kobe, KG, and T Mac. Yes. A lot of, and LeBron, Sean, a lot of these guys, Sean Kemp. their bodies fall apart or in the early stage of their career because you're going from playing against motherfuckers, you know, in high school that, yeah, that they don't really you're just these. physically outmatching yeah. them to playing against grown men and you need that middle stage yeah. for your body to develop. Yeah, this, uh, I was surprised. I really thought he was going to be hot, but um, shout out to him anyway, him, uh, Jermaine O'Neal. Who uh, I watched that documentary about the Mouse at the Palace, and I really did not oh, know, yeah. bro. That thing is so deep. I, I, for me, watching it live, it's a whole different perspective of what was going on in Ron Artest's head at the time. I didn't. Yeah. I knew he was a little off. I didn't know he was that. And that was one of your off. guys. That was a yeah, New York Saint guy, John's, Saint, Saint John's, that, so man, Saint John. We were very disappointed in Indiana. Of like we, we went to the finals, and then we played Detroit that next year. I mm-hmm. think. And then we got to the conference finals. Comes down to Reggie Miller putting a layup up instead of dunking it. You should have dunked and it. And Prince cleaned it off the glass. Cleaned the lock. <laughs> I should have. I should have. And we were all so hurt. And we had to wait again for the next year. And then Detroit wins that year. Yeah. And we thought, man, if Reggie makes that layup, we probably win. Anyway, so then down to us playing them. Early that year, I still remember that game being on my couch and watching it live and going, like, falling asleep towards the end. The game was over. Yeah. And waking up in the middle of the brawl and thinking, I, I got to be dreaming. Yeah, no, nah, I remember that. It was, I was watching. It was a good game. I ain't going to hold you. It was a good game. I, the game was over pretty much. And then, like, it just, it just, it was like the camera was like, it was a wide, I'll never forget, it was a wide shot. 
and you just you watching the players come on off the floor, and then all of a sudden you see Ron Artest jump. I didn't see yeah. when it hit him. I just saw when he got up and ran to the stands. I'm like, wait a minute, he's in, the, he's smacking people. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sitting like, oh, he just hit somebody. Oh, and then you see Steven yeah. Jackson swing, and I'm like, oh, it was, it was bad. the crazy thing was, and you said this the last time we talked about this was that they probably would have gone to the finals. And they probably would have won a championship yeah. if Ron Artest had stayed the next year. Yeah. And even he, when he won in the Lakers, they played the clip. I forgot all about that. When he was mm-hmm. like, they were like, how do you feel? He was like, I feel kind of like I deserted them. And he was like, I feel bad because, you know, in the Pacers and this guy, and they named, he yeah, named he like, left and, and Jermaine O'Neal's still hot about it. You could tell. But yeah, he should be, you know, his best years wasted because you got to sit out 65 games because you tried to help a friend, basically. Yeah, but I didn't know. Never help a friend, people. No, no, you're your friend. I didn't know he couldn't talk about it. Here's they the worst part. In the stands and get in the fight. That's their own business. Nah, but they said he couldn't talk. Jermaine said he couldn't talk about it, which I was like, that don't make no sense. He had to go to court well, they behind had this. pending cases and stuff, so you don't like, you don't want to talk about a pending case. Damn. Well, I mean, if you haven't, I want, I would say go check out that documentary. It's really telling because there's a lot to that story you don't know, and Ron Arts has mental health issues, and you know they played the clip of him just kind of staring out and. The, Announces like, look at Ron Artest. I it felt like I was listening to a wrestling match, yeah. and now he's like, look at Ron Artest's eyes. Is is I don't like that look in his eyes. And I'm like, all right, all right, all right. Like, you gotta think per game. And I mean, you know, I'm I'm trying to keep up with where the max contracts are now. It's like thirty million now, right, mm-hmm. per year for these max players. So like a LeBron yeah. makes thirty, I think five a year, right? Thirty five. So yeah. back then, I think twenty was the highest. So Ron Artest is probably making fifteen million. So when you break that down in the game checks, him being suspended the rest of the season, that's like, you know, $15 million drain. Yeah. Because you couldn't restrain yourself. Now, think about the average motherfucker that goes to work and makes $17 an hour, mm-hmm. and someone comes in there and you have to restrain yourself. So when you put it into that type of context, it's like, who knows how I would react if someone threw a cup at me. I, right? know, I know how you but react. I know. You, but listen, hear me out. You put $15 million on the line. I'm telling you, I'm not overreacting. You so just, I guess you just hit me with a cup. Now, here's what I'm about. I need clarity. Here's I'm, what I'm about because there is something called going above and beyond the call of duty, right? He went above and beyond. You're 6'6". Six, six, you're two times, you know, what this guy's weight. I would have just gotten even and thrown a cup back at this motherfucker. All right, so let me ask. And you, let me ask you. He question. hit the wrong damn person. He did. That's and that's that was that was amazing. Injustice. That was he's a poor kid with the glasses who was like, it wasn't me. It wasn't that's me. Now, if you notice, like this summer, somebody threw something at Russell Westbrook, and everyone in the stands immediately went, "It was him. <laughs> it was him." <laughs> Yeah. Everybody saw what happened. Yeah, the same the same boy. thing happened to Kyrie when the, the guy mm-hmm. threw the plastic bottle and they all pointed at the kid in Boston and it was and like motherfuckers is six, so, eight, six, n- six. Let me ask you this for clarity, Phil, for some of our listeners may be confused. So what you're telling me is you I'm the owner of the team, you playing for me, I'm paying you fifteen million dollars a year. Someone throws a fully loaded cup with piss. Whatever in it, okay. at you. Yeah. Now piss. I'm, no, 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 no. Okay, okay, okay. There was okay, not okay. Piss That's fine. Okay, okay. All right, that's fair. That's fair. Okay. An empty red. All right. Oh no, 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 no. 
though. There was liquid in it. There was still soda in it. Whatever, Whatever it was. There so, wasn't piss. All right, Phil. So you lay in there. I'm paying you $15 million. Someone chucks a cup and it hits you right in the face. You're telling me you're not getting up. You're just going to... You're gonna. I'm gonna get up, but what I'm telling you, you're gonna is, throw the cup back. That's I'm still a fine though. Back it, cool, I'll take it. That's but, still. But we're fine. not fucking up eighty games worth of a paycheck. I so, seventy five games. I, I say he, if he for. threw a cup, I say he probably get maybe two games, two games suspension for throwing the cup. Fair, and there's a right. fine involved in that too because you lose your money. Yeah. So like I said back then, I think he was making about I, fifteen million a year. I really. So you fucked up. This. Listen, all I'm saying is. Plenty of people that are listening to us have day jobs. Mm-hmm. Within those jobs, there are rules. You're not allowed to put your hands on people. For $18 an hour, if somebody can take, you know, someone throwing something Hold at on. them or cussing them out, I get then you have to scale that up to say, for $15 million, you're kind of a weak motherfucker, man. Let me ask you. That's a whole right, other so, thing. If I'm just walking down the street, and yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's no, that's that's street rules at that point. But yeah, my my I'm question is, so now you getting paid? All right, let's switch the topic. Up. You're not getting fifteen million now. You just getting fifteen dollars an hour. You working at McDonald's? Someone says, "Bitch, I didn't order a milkshake with whipped cream splash. I wanted, you, you know." To get your ass so now this, you knew they was only making fifteen dollars an hour when you went in there. Now you get you get the beat down of a lifetime. That's one thing my uh, <laughs> teacher taught me in high school, and it stays with me. Um, he taught me you can only get two or three things, right? Mm-hmm. You can only get when it comes to service. Something can be fast. Something can be quality, or it can be price efficient, cost efficient, aka cheap. Cheap. So you can only get two of the three. All right. So if something is fast and it is cheap, just in the case of what you name McDonald's, mm-hmm. um, then it's not going to be quality. So I think about that every time I see someone fighting in a McDonald's of just like motherfucker. Oh, they put the cheese on the bottom, not on top. Motherfucker, you had a McDonald's. Bro, there like, was a there was a lady I saw last week. I was at a McDonald's. She was ordering an egg McMuffin, and she probably she kept returning it. It was she was on like six or seven, and I'm listening to her. And she's complaining they can't ever do anything right here. My egg McMuffin be burnt, and I'm like, I'm like, Miss, that cost you all of two dollars. You been here raising holy hell for two dollars worth of egg McMuffin, bro? Just cut off the burnt parts and eat it. No, and she would take you and look at it. No, this one burnt six seven sandwiches. Maybe somebody deserved to jump over the counter and, and drop kick her too. It's like eight o'clock in the morning, you bugging out over burnt sandwiches. Like, yo, come on! Yeah. And they weren't even that bad. It was egg McMuffins get a little crispy. They're supposed to get a little crispy when you put them in a the toast oven. They can't. McDonald's isn't. They can't make it your way. Like, if you want it your way, buy the egg, get the egg muffin at home, and make it yourself. Don't come in here, spend two dollars, and want white glove service. Seriously. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well. There's been a lot, first of all, there's been a lot going on in the world of comedy and the world of, in general, just like with Twitter and stuff. But before we get into that, welcome back. I'm glad Phil is um, back in Brooklyn and traveling, man. Um, I was yeah, I've been moving around a lot the last month or so, you know. Yeah, I had just, to go home for a death and then had to go down. Yeah, condolences. So I had to go back to Indiana, Indianapolis in particular. For an uncle's funeral, and then had to go the next week to Atlanta for my nephew's third birthday. So. That's right. You just met him, man. How's, how's he looking? He's, he's cool, man. He's he's a fucking kid. He's a handful, man. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how y'all do it, man. It it, it is not mm-hmm. easy. It's a lot of patience and a lot of alcohol, and if you he smoke a lot of weed, me the fuck out. Did he? Yeah, 
Yeah, he got this car for his birthday. It was uh, like a little convertible car. Yeah. Power, power, it's power like wheels. A little replica of a Land Rover. Work. So, him, me and his dad, his dad put it together the night before his birthday. So, the morning of, he takes it downstairs. Me and him have to carry it downstairs physically. Mm-hmm. Put it downstairs immediately. He goes back upstairs and locks the door. Now, I'm just out there with him. And it has like a remote control, so yeah. he sits in the car, and I have to drive it. <laughs> I mean, he drove me all over the neighborhood. There you go. He showed you all the sights. After like two hours, I'm like, dude, you're not done yet? Then his friends are getting off the school bus. I'm like, no. <laughs> then they come get in the car with me. <laughs> now they're like, let's race. I'm like, oh, seriously? Ah, Man. yo, yo, let me go around the corner and pick up my homegirl. Hey, hey, uh, oh, we got to go around the corner real so quick. So I definitely purchased more condoms. Eh, was anybody like, yo, I, take, uh, yo, I got to run to the store real quick. Drive me up to the store real Man, quick. There's a lot going on down there. <laughs> oh, well, that's fine, man. You didn't miss, I don't feel like you really missed much here. Uh, except for one thing I want to ask you before I get what I really want to talk to you about, because that's probably going to take up the chunk of the catch up. Okay. Um, Twitter, okay, so we had this. Not controversy, but trending topic on Twitter. I found it interesting. I'm just, I wanted to get your take because I know what I'm going to say. You have to choose between $500,000 and I think a a brunch with Jay-Z. Okay. You know, where he gives you game, he he teaches you the game, he teaches you everything you need to know to be successful as entertainer. What you taking, Phil? 500K tax-free. You know what I think is so funny about this question? Because it's been around for like a year now. Uh-huh. One is that Jay-Z probably reads it and goes, who in the fuck said I'd ever have dinner with you? And Jay-Z like, man, I'll pay you a million to get the fuck away from me. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think that's a very funny question because actually I was just listening to the new Drake album and Jay-Z's on there. Yep. And he says, y'all know the price of everything but the value of nothing. Wow. <laughs> That's deep. So you got to be thinking long term. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a huge Jay-Z fan, so I would take probably dinner with... Nah. Come I, on. 500. I'm too broke to say that. Let me be real. I would take the 500K and then try to like finagle 250K of it to have dinner with Jay-Z. You, you trying to, you trying to, hustle, you trying to hustle the 250. Hey, yo, yeah, yeah, I, I got in the head, yo, let me see if I can... You heard Memphis Bleak on the first album. What he say? A G, I'll ride with you for free. Yeah. I want the long-term riches and bitches. Yeah, he, yeah, I remember that. A G, I'll ride with you for free. I remember that. See, so yeah, what is that on uh, Come Up or I don't know. That was, know I want to say that Streets is, Streets is watching or, um, no, 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 no. What song is that? That's, uh, um, I feel like that's the first, not not uh, the first album. Uh, it is. I thought is it? Reasonable. Now, but it might be hard not I think it's hard knock life. I don't think it's because Memphis, Memphis Bleak wasn't around. Okay, yeah, it's hard knock. Right. So it is hard knock. Yeah, life. hard knock life or um streets is streets is watching. Yeah, but volume yeah. one. And I, I really under, like when Jay Z said that shit. I felt it. Yeah, uh, it's, you know it's uh y'all know the prices. He it's one of them things he says and he lets it echo. Uh, yeah, yeah, y'all no, know the true. price of everything, but the value of nothing. And yeah, it's like. Yeah, man, that's that's connections that I wish y'all could see the look on Phil's face. He's like, yo, man, just dropped a gem on y'all. Here's put it on a t-shirt. Here's the reason I think people are stupid. And let's be real. Uh -uh. We're taking we're all taking the 500k, right? He's bad. And there's a thing I don't think about people who don't understand talent. Mm -hmm. 
talent is like a great equalizer. Meaning, Jay-Z could know everything he knows today, but if I took away the fact that he is the best rapper in the world, that talent doesn't mean a damn thing. I mean, Soldier Boy has a bunch of businesses. Mm-hmm. There are a bunch of bullshit businesses. Video but, games. But he has them. Yeah. Uh, making money. Remember he had uh, the game that looked like Sonic, but it was Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did I say? Oh, what did Motherfuckers I say? is playing Soldier the Hedgehog. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I was, I was talking about that with Babbitt um, on his little, on his, um, on his uh, IG show. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, Soldier Boy. And I was like, yeah, when you turn the system on, it goes, instead of saying Sega, it goes, Soldier. Yeah. <laughs> he runs across the screen. So, see what I'm saying? <laughs> the the Jay-Z... What Jay-Z teaches you mm-hmm. or could teach you doesn't mean shit if you don't have talent because everything he knows is based upon that factor. You know what I mean? Right, right. So, yes, he could teach you to invest some money. Now, how are you going to make the money? You mean the 500 k you lost by taking this dinner, you dumbass? That was the money you could have invested or whatever. Yeah, so, some artwork. What I'm saying is, and I mean, I'm a huge Jay-Z stan, so I'm trying to find the right words. Um, not that he doesn't know anything, but just I don't think people understand how much talent means. Yeah. That this man is, you know, a high school dropout, which... Sold drugs. Actually, and Drake is, too. Yeah. That's how much talent means, but he's artist of the fucking decade, Drake. Yeah. So, yeah. so talent is a great equalizer. That the average person... You know, that's a high school dropout. Yeah. Unless you and I and, and and be clear, I'm I'm actually insulting the system of school when I say that I'm not insulting the person who dropped out. It actually shows how little you need to actually know. Yeah, because if you have talent, I'll agree with that because even when we were talking about Jonathan Bender, Jonathan Bender had immense talent to break Michael Jordan's scoring record in, in a McDonald's All Star game is no easy feat because. You talking about players from all over the country who were like five star recruits going to all these colleges, yet still he went, broke the record, went to the NBA, didn't do what everybody thought he would do. But th- the idea is that he has the talent to make it to the NBA, and he played like what six or seven seasons. Then he like played about ten years. Yeah, he was with yeah. the Heat. Then he ten, won a champ. Then he won a championship with Did the not Heat. Win a championship. Who was that? Not Bender. Uh, was some? You're thinking of Greg Oden, probably. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, his body broke down. But anyway, yeah. So it's talent, bro. One of my favorite interviews is with Dane Dash. Actually, it's uh, it's um, the No Jumper podcast. So y'all check that out, boy. And I go back to it a lot because they were asking him something about Jay, and he like you know how Dane is. Mm-hmm. He gives it to you straight. Jay goes, you don't make fucking money from music. You make money from the celebrity that you uh, acquire yeah. that comes from making music. Nobody makes money from music, and it's like. I don't think people understand that, and that's why if you ask someone 500K or Jay-Z, they'll sit there and think about it for a while. I'm not sure what to think about, because... It's just like, motherfucker, do you know that unless you have immense talent, there's nothing he can really teach you? For real, because I I didn't answer the question, but I'm taking a 500. Mm -hmm. Like, if I had the money already, if I had the money already, I wouldn't... Like I said, I'm a huge Jay-Z fan. I'm a huge... I would think about it longer than they would. I'm a huge Jay Z fan too. I'm from Brooklyn, but I got the only way I'm taking dinner with Jay Z is if money was not an issue for me. So the qualifier is yeah. if you have talent, yeah, and if, you yeah. really believe in yourself, if you're an maybe artist, take that dinner 
And he yeah. can put you on Rock Nation and make you some moves that'll make you more than 500k Facts. over time. Because on the flip side, look at Master P. Master P had immense talent. He didn't have a ton of money, but he put his coins together to go sit with that lawyer, whoever it was. I think it was he paid a lot of money to sit with him for like an hour, and he just asked him questions. That lawyer put him on game. But Master P had talent, and he gave that guy that money. His and... best investment was rap snacks. That shit's still around. <laughs> yeah, it and is. Master P wireless is long gone. Those ugly <laughs> shoes he had with Converse. Oh, wait, you, you, you like those? I like those. They're ugly. I mean, what, what were they called? The soldiers? What were they called? I don't remember. Who knows? I, I like those sneakers. The I, I, the ballot ballot. Oh, they were called the Huzz. Master P has maintained his money for a while. So. They were called the Huzz because when you got in the store, you were like, uh, nah. Where were them Jordans at? Where them Jordans at? After the MC Hammer, you know. It was good to see Master P still got some bread, though. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's dope, man. But that was I mean, one yeah, thing. Yeah, the rap snacks worked for the, uh, all these years because niggas love salt. Mm-hmm. That's what Master P understood when he invested. <laughs> niggas love salt. Sodium and high cholesterol. So, that speaks to I us. That's, I longest running business. I, I think he might have sold it at one point. But I think he did. He, he, he builds a business up, then he sells it. That's what he does. He actually also owns a wrestling company called House of Glory mm-hmm. based right here in Queens. He bought it. Right around, I forget, somebody else. Uh, Remember, he, he was wrestling for a while, Master P. Yeah, Remember? yeah, I do, for a short <laughs> while. Playing basketball, wrestling. Basketball, he did the network. The, uh, being a CEO, he, rapping. He got his own brand of like rice, movies. his own brand of seasoning. This man is an yeah, entrepreneur, just putting does, money everywhere. So good for him, man. I mean, I, I would like to hear some more music, but I'll be honest with you. The music that we heard from Master P when he was hustling is going to be a lot different from the music you hear. This man's living in mansions. You know, what can he really... So, for those of you who are listening, unless you have immense talent, then yeah. you feel like Jay-Z could point you in the right Take direction. Take the money. Take that 500 Take the money. If I try to hustle and flip it into a meeting with him later on down the line. <laughs> um, That's like I've been seeing this one meme where they say about pyramid schemes mm-hmm. where it's like, you think about all those pyramid schemes meetings you actually went to, and you go, "Are any of those friends that you knew from those meetings rich now?" <laughs> and you think about it, and you go, "They're not." Mm-mm. But then I'm like, the the underlying thing or the caveat there is, it's probably your fault if you were just. <laughs> Took these goddamn knives he's, and sold them. Remember, like the knives thing. Yeah, yeah, the sharpest knives. Yeah, the Ginsu. <laughs> Amway. Then there was a Noni Juice or whatever. Non, yeah, the Akai Berry stuff. Yeah, you know what? Um, what's funny is uh, my sister used to date this kid uh, who was selling knives. Like, I remember my mom bought some to support him because he had made no sales. Oh. Them knives are actually pretty sharp. I mean, Probably we still. still have we still have one of them. I don't know what happened to the other. So if you're out there, be careful. <laughs> Sharp. Somebody <laughs> could get hurt. Um, but I really, his movie really getting down to this is, so this is one of the things you, you are out of town for this is one I want to talk to you okay. about. Something going on in the comedy community. You may or may not have heard about it. But if you haven't, I'll bring you up to speed. Very well-known commu- comedian named uh, David Arnold's got a special on Netflix called Fat Ballerina. Very well-traveled vet. Um, he put out a video on his Instagram, and in it, he's he's talking about a local comedian right here in New York City. Now, I'd ask you before if it's cool if I say his name. I'm not afraid of the smoke. I don't think there's any smoke coming off of this because, I personally, I'm not. I'm being factual. Okay. Yeah. All right. So it's out there. So it is out there. Already knows the same thing. 
So this the comedian uh, is being accused of stealing David David Arnold's joke. His name is Joe Hill. I've known Joe Hill for about three years. Okay. Um, we did not have a bad relationship, but just that people that he knew and I knew they had a falling out. Okay. And I feel like because I was friends with the people that he had to fall out with, he just completely cut me off. Ah. Side note, I, I will also, before, I just want to let you know that he does still owe me $25 for a Father's Day comedy show that I never got. So Uh-oh. everything I'm saying now is, is, is prefaced with that. You're going to have to take that out of his 500K. Yeah. When he, <laughs> he turns down dinner with Jay-Z. Yeah, yeah. So, um, anyway, so what happened was there's a joke that David Arnold has about his daughter or uh, eating icing off of a cake. Okay. I don't have the, I don't want to mess up the joke, but if you want to be specific, go look at the special. It's on Netflix. He talks about, he came to find the cake without the icing, asked the child, said, where's the icing? What happened to it? It's like, yo. Have to tell the joke. Right. So, you yeah, pretty much you can. on the cake joke. Right, so you can and go look it up. And so what Joe is being accused of, Joe had a set that he did at Levity Live, which is on YouTube, which you can go look up and find. He told uh, the same ex- exact joke. And what he's being accused of is actually not stealing one, but two jokes from the same special. Yeah. So Arnold goes on, he talks about it, he calls him out. Um, they look for a response from him, and Joe gives his response, and he basically says that he had the joke first. Before David Arnold, and that maybe David Arnold may have stolen it uh, from him, to which kind of everybody in the comedy community was like, "Really, really? That's that's what you're that's what you're saying?" Um, stealing jokes. For those of you who are not familiar with comedy or the rules of comedy, it's it is number one on the comedy commandments: things of not to do. As a comic, you've got to be original, you've got to be yourself, you've got to put your DNA all over a joke. Pause. <laughs> but, you, but you know what I'm saying? It's, it's hard enough to come up with material, but stealing someone else's thoughts, ideas is, is wrong in itself because this is something that puts money in your pocket. So basically, you taking money out of my pocket by taking my material and using it. That's personally the way I feel. Now, I'm not best friends with Joe Hill, but I do not believe that Joe Hill wrote that joke. I believe that Joe Hill looked at this special and maybe took it and tried to tweak it and use the material. We call that the remix. Remix. He's the Puff Daddy. He's what the Puff Diddy Daddy of comedy. I right? invented the remix. So he took a so joke. I'll, I'll chime in here to say a little bit. Um, yeah, I watched that video that David Arnold did on his Instagram. It's still up, folks, if you want to go check sure that is. out. Um. The really incriminating thing was that Joe sent him a message. Oh, DMs. Yes, I forgot. Joe that. sent yeah. him a DM, and David shared the DM to, of Joe saying, "Hey, man, big fan of your stuff. I study the great. I study you, you Eddie Murphy." And it's just like, uh, dude, yep. you can't claim that a guy is stealing your joke that you DM'd, and clearly probably watched the special. That's what you meant by I study you. Mm-hmm. So then you can't come back after being accused of stealing a joke and say, actually, I think he stole my jokes. Yeah. And for me, I'm not a big fan of the whole, you know, someone stole my joke thing because it's usually a motherfucker lying or two people had the same idea and one of you is bigger. Right. So now you try to go, oh, that headliner, the guy who's very popular in all those TV shows, he stole my joke. It, 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 but and, see, and 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 uh, here's what I wanted to say. Yeah. 
for this case that it was not one but, but two, two jokes. It's and then when you add on the DMs, off it's, the it's same damn near serial killerish. Phil, off the same special. How, that's how, what I felt. How I felt when I saw the DM, it felt like yeah. You ever see a serial killer that writes a letter to the papers? <laughs> Magazine, with the magazine cut out. Yeah. <laughs> and it has to leave them clues and shit. That's how it felt. Like, not yeah, only am I going to steal your material. Yeah. Then here's the third place that I felt like Joe fucked up was to actually steal the material to message the guy DM him whose material that you're stealing. Then three, to post the shit. Yeah. It's just like. Very sociopath like. So what got to me was like ordering on cycle. Yeah, I'm not. Well, I didn't say he was psycho. No, I'm I, 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 yeah, I get sociopath. It. Yeah, borderline psychopath. Yeah, I, I get like I'm not like I said. I'll, I'm full disclosure. I'm not Joe's best friend, but at the same time, when this came out, I gave him the benefit of the doubt because there are times when you tell jokes, people do have similar wavelengths. Like we all go through different experiences. But on some level, we all go through the same thing at times. Like, I'm sure Phil has had somebody be racist to him in the store, follow him around. The same thing happened to me. And maybe we have a similar, similar joke about going into Banana Republic. Like I said, there and, are coincidences. But, but here's, here's where the difference comes in. And if you go and watch the clip, you'll see it. How in a, in a million years for you to have the same premise of my kid ate icing off of a cake. And I asked him why. And he said. Not just to have that right. premise. But then to also have, I'm helping my kid with math. It's it's just it's both on his Netflix special. So and and people are calling him out on him like, I, uh, and you, you know, at some point you got to, I I bro you got me. My apologize, but he doubled down and he's like, nah, well, I wrote is, that. This joke. is what we were talking about last podcast mm-hmm. with the uh, Shikari Richardson, and we were talking about the instant gratification generation. The instant gratification generation. I'll give you a short summary of what we discussed on the last podcast about Shikari was the internet followers and likes have made her feel like she's a champion. If you pay close attention to when uh, Simone Biles and Naomi Osaka took their breaks, everyone then started talking about black women deserve this, but black women deserve to take a break. We quit whenever the fuck we want, and it's like stop, stop, stop. Shikari hasn't won shit yet, as far as the Olympics go. She won whatever she won in college. The followers and the likes are making her feel like she's a champion. She's now tweeting, talking big shit during the Olympics that she got suspended from for failing a drug test as if she already won. And then when we actually had a race, the Prefontaine, Elaine Thompson and Shelly Ann Fraser and that other Jamaican girl kicked her ass. Ninth place. Yeah. They just had another race and she came the in. The last think, one is Sharika. Sharika something. Fifth or fourth. Yeah, so yeah. anyway, the likes, the followers, the pictures, the whatever can make people feel like. So I saw that in this whole David Arnold versus Joe Hill thing of David Arnold being the real deal. Going back to my own career, you know, 2000, I think, seven or eight, I was in L.A., and I did uh, Chocolate Sundays, funny first presentation, so the pre-show. Mm-hmm. Um, first impression. David Arnold was the host of the show before ours. I think we did the 10 o'clock, and he was the host of the 8. So this man's been grinding a long time. Long time. 
Now, Joe being a, you know, Joe's a Johnny come lately in this Three situation. years, four years. That Joe Hill he was... He didn't really have the, um... He was a promoter. Joe was putting on shows, putting shows together. He wasn't really doing jokes. He didn't really have the clout or the network to... Well, I'd say he was chasing the clout. Right. David Arnold is the real deal, has the network. So, in this case, Joe is Shikari and he is uh, Shelly Ann or there Elaine you go. Thompson. Elaine Thompson, yeah. Bro, I'm already at the finish line. I am a champion. You just out here on the internet posting stuff to your fans. And then you don't even find time to respond to this in real time. You put up a post. You're putting yeah. up a post talking about stay tuned. Like, you think this is all a game. Yeah. When it's, when it's fucking not. No, because there's nothing to stay tuned to. The one thing we used to have to build our shit up to a point of being known, but now with the internet, you know, you can get you 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 can get you know three four thousand followers real quick and bang that up real quick to twenty. You can fake it till you make it. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So so we're gonna find out, you know, if he keeps grinding and keeps and keeps get out of the light and go do the work. To be able to come back and have, I think I saw that he has two comedy albums. I don't even have a comedy album. Who has album. two comedy albums? Joe Hill. He has two comedy albums? So at a point, it's like, that's what's wrong with the game. Everybody want to be boom, boom, bang. So, all right. I, I, listen, I'm 16 years in. I don't have a fucking comedy album. Uh, now, a lot of that is due to my own whatever. And not really feeling like I deserve to be able to release one. On a side note, uh... Phil has been in the kitchen cooking, so he's got... And I'm not talking the spaghetti. I'm talking jokes. So, y'all, really, for real, for real, stay tuned, because this man right here, you know, he's got... Y'all seen him on stage. If you In the New York scene, you've seen Phil on stage, and Phil is cooking, and you guys have no idea what, what this man is capable of. But back to Joe Hill and uh, David Arnold's situation. Um, I... So I have a question for you. Okay. What did you think of how David Arnold responded, how he responded to Joe Hill? It was because, super hold on, class. Because, because there are people, right, that are fans of his. So the way David Arnold found out was one of his fans saw the clip and sent it mm-hmm. to him and showed him. And that's how all of this broke down. So David Arnold, when he put the clip up, he tagged the, the comedy seller. Mm-hmm. He tagged Kevin Hart, a bunch of people. Yeah. Like big names in right. a in a in a community in a couple of um comedy yeah, clubs here. So I get I'm not I'm not saying that Joe doesn't have a right to do his you know, still have a career, but do you think that him tagging all these people is bad because now it feels like he's gonna get blacklisted? Not that I care. They were gonna see it anyway. Right. Because in comedy, you know, good news, hard work, determination, uh the four Ps, patience. Practice, perseverance, and persistence travels slowly. Yeah. Somebody like myself, again, like I'm saying, 16 years, coming up on 16 years. Who the fuck knows who I am, really? That's not New York. Mm -hmm. But again, this cat, Joe, and I mean, let me be nice, because I've met Joe. We've had a few interactions. Yeah. But two comedy albums is, is, is the, like I said, the fake it till you make it. The right now, the instant gratification generation, where I don't even think David Arnold has two comedy albums. I know Fat Ballerina, and I think he might have one more. Well, yeah, usually with the special, they'll release an accompanying yeah. album, yeah, an audio version, essentially, of 
video special. So yeah, I, I don't even think David, so there's this thing of like, you know, well I need to fill this comedy album up. You know what I mean? And and and, and doing that and, and having the pressure of, you know, I got these X amount of followers on Instagram, I need to give them some new material. Sometimes that puts you in a position where you now feel like you have to borrow or remix somebody's jokes. Mm-hmm. And like I said, you know, I was willing to shoot to get Joe Hill the benefit of the doubt on yeah. one joke. But when but it's two, it's two, and when you've messaged this guy, yeah. it, never, it never occurs to you to message him and say, I noticed on your special you're doing two of my jokes. So it's just like I said, of like, like I said, me knowing Joe, Joe being a New York comic, I was willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. But like I said, not one joke, but two jokes. There's no way. And this is the other thing, because people always like to tell people, like, I'm a very general writer. People always say, well, you know, don't be so general. Things have to be personal. That's why people can't steal them. And it's like, look at that. Yeah. Motherfuckers will steal you. Yeah, that's the, yeah. They'll, they'll take your identity. I actually have a story about that. I remember I did a, I did a show at Caroline's, and there was this new comic, fairly new, probably about two or three years in. And we put him, I put him, he was on the show with us, right? He did his set, I did mine. There's a, there's a joke that I used to close with about um, this girl I used to date in college. And what happened when the, like, it was like a, a bunch of, uh, I guess they were gay thugs. Um, they were thugs first and foremost, but they were, they just happened to be gay. Um, and there's a joke that I tell about it, all right? I'll spare you all the details, but... Basically, there's a specific thing I say when I'm telling a joke and the way I set it up, right? Well, you and him canceled for telling jokes about gay thugs. No, 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 no. It was... That's first. No, I'm not canceling. Nah. There's a way I tell it, right? So, anyway, I I do the joke. It's great. A couple, like two, three weeks later, I get a message from a mutual friend of ours, Nick Alexander. Shout out to Nick Alexander. He got a brand new baby girl. Beautiful. Shout out to him in summer. Uh, Congratulations. But he hit me up, and he was like, hey, Kev, Avery, whatever, uh, you need to see this. So he sends me the clip. The same dude that was on the show made a sketch about the joke that I did. And he, <laughs> he didn't set it up right, okay? They just took the premise and the punchline mm-hmm. and went right to it and didn't do a good job of it. Right. So I'm looking at this, I'm like, nah. And at first I was like, maybe it's coincidence, but the words that they used and the way they did it, Nah, that was my joke. I said, hey, I saw the clip. Uh, you got to take it down. I know where you got it from. <laughs> That's my joke. He was like, and the guy was like, nah, nah, it wasn't like that. Like, someone heard the joke when you did it at Caroline's and thought it would be a funny sketch. I said, That's not a sketch. That happened to me for real, for real. And I know it is because the way y'all, you know. Well, see, that's what I'm saying about. You know, joke thievery and, and in the modern day, you've got these memes out here. You've got us posting our own clips. Then you've got these sketch comics that, you know, oh, shit. Yeah, we have an old sketch <laughs> comics. They <laughs> constantly need new material. Yeah, we have an all kind of difficulty so up there. So they're looking at, you know, what's out on the Internet. And there's even a classic case of um, you can subconsciously take a premise or idea. But that's why I said I think all of us have to be a little lenient on the whole idea of joke thievery 
because especially if you get now into current events and things that are happening, you know, right now, that subconsciously you may say, oh, I didn't realize you even did that thing. And that's what I'm saying. I was willing to give Joe the benefit yeah, no, of the doubt. I, I was too. But when I saw it was yeah. two jokes. Then when I saw DMs, I'm like, oh, this dude is like basically trying to cover his tracks. Well, there, like a serial killer. There was like an allegation on the video that that he was doing joke on it. He changed the date so it wouldn't. It seemed like he would. He did it before the special dropped, and like yeah, that doesn't that change is, nothing because he's probably been doing that joke. Nothing, like I yeah. said, it's easy to you know see somebody do a joke and do it. But like I said, there's so much in the zeitgeist that and in the air and on the internet that yeah, people do you know. Oh, well, I got to do a new sketch. Oh, I just heard this dude do this joke. Yeah, man, let's sketch it out. And it's just mm-hmm. like Jesus. Christ, well, here's here's the, my, uh, I'm asking Phil a lot of questions because sounds, like sounds like a bad joke though. I know, being honest, yeah. you know, gay thugs. I saw someone do a gay retard joke, and it nah, was I wouldn't like, do that. I was I was cringing the whole way of just like, oh my god, well, like, see, you know how someone looks like they're about to do something, and yeah, then you, you go, see it coming. Ah, that's exactly what you're doing. Ugh. Well, see, the difference is mine. Is there's no the the whole idea of it is not based around their sexuality. It's gotcha. the way I reacted to yeah. what happened in the situation. Right. And it's a true story that, you know, these guys are, I, I think they're hitting on my date and they're actually looking at me like, yo, what's up? Like, I'm not talking to her. I'm talking to you. What's good? Like, you know, what's your name? And how I dealt with it. So, but here, here's, here's my, um, they were, so anyway, this video comes out. Comedy community gets turned upside down. Everybody's got an IG live with four comics wanting to bash Joe Hill. Um, and I'm not saying they're wrong. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. And most of us feel the same way. Like, yo, you shouldn't be doing that. Uh, do you think that, that he will be okay? And what I mean okay is do you think people will still book him? Because I talked to one of our mutual friends, the Kang, and he's like, there's people out there now that's still working. And so this don't really matter in the grand scope of things. You think one, two, three weeks people ain't going to remember and they're still going to go back. Well, yeah, that's ultimately that's the way the thing works now because just as I was saying before, the internet moves so fast. It's like, oh, shit, we're mad at Nicki Minaj now. You know oh, what I mean? Fact, Not me, yeah. but the internet. Right. So, yeah, the, 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 the uh, news cycle or whatever moves so fast. And then even when you boil it down to within the comedy community, you know, David's on the West Coast. And Joe's on the east, so well, ultimately <laughs> these are two people that'll never probably see each other. Oh, oh, oh! You I, know, I got, can, I'm, I'm just saying. I got something for you. I got something to tell you. I'm just saying that, that, that these comedy communities are fragmented and, right. and, and, and separate, separate by however many miles that LA to New York is. So, what does a show promoter in Miami give a fuck about you doing a joke? These comedy club owners, they don't have any actual integrity. They just book whoever. Can fill the room. Yeah, and some of the like I guess you would say the B level comedy shit. clubs. Yeah, they book whoever can have. So here, here's here's where I have I'm asking you a lot of questions because you said nobody's gonna remember. So he said they're never gonna come cross paths. Here's what you don't know: David Arnold is gonna be here in New York City October first and October second. And this is not an ad, but I just happen to be walking by Caroline's, and he's gonna be here October first and October second. Whenever comics come here, they don't just do the one show. They do shows around the city to kind of get they set ready. Well, so, we know who won't be opening for him. <laughs> I mean, you know what? I feel like he'll invite him. Yo, come to the show. Let's talk. 
But the way some of these comics in in the in the circle have been talking, I heard that that someone said that yeah, he had hit him up, and it's like, well, that was the chance at white flags and, and, and making some sort of peace out. And maybe he would have been I like that David Arnold was classy enough to admit, you know, when he was a young comic that he had kind of took something. Yeah, and then had to realize basically that's holding me back. Right. Of I'm a better comic than to be doing. A joke that someone in Ohio is doing, and and I may be in LA, but it's kind of following me around now. Yeah, that Carmen Evolution. So, I'm just curious to see what happens. We all start off as comedians, as you know, kind of imitations of somebody in one way or another. So, like I said, I I'm not big on joke thievery because, like I said, uh, similar thinking. We all live in the same world, similar yeah. experiences. Um, but. Like I said, for this particular situation, it wasn't one joke; it was two. Yeah. Then the DMs and everything, and it's just like, all right, bro. I don't think anything's gonna. I don't think David Arnold's gonna come here and go looking for Joe. But I do think, honestly, Joe, like if you're listening, go talk to him, squash it, uh, and you will have a nice long career in comedy because. People may forget, like the general public may, but comedians don't ever forget, and they're going to look at you with a side eye. And you don't want that target on your back. Every time you go to a show, someone look at you like, yeah, there you go, what's up? There's there's two things. There's the stand-up comedy world, and then there's the world of entertainment. The world of entertainment doesn't at all give a fuck about policing and joke thieving and any of that stuff. Even the Me Too stuff that was going around within the comedy community. Yeah. You know. The world of stand-up may care, but the world of entertainment at large, at all they don't care at all. Care. Like I said, they they book us to sell drinks, basically. So whoever can get asses into the seats wins. So, like I said, we're gonna see if Joe can fake it till he makes it. Because dude didn't admit anything. He didn't admit to any guilt. Um, I think he liked the attention really too. Just stopped responding. I think was the last thing I seen. Was I, he just wasn't responding? Yeah. Was deleting Instagram comments. I so. think he. I think he likes the attention because when all those people who saw down his page went to Joe's page mm-hmm. and was like, "Oh, what's he saying?" They were all looking at her, his dates and well, saying comment. And then, like yeah. I said, he deleted all the comments, so he's definitely willing to fake it till he makes it. And uh, a lot of these people just might make it. So mm. it is what it is. We better not Very talk too loud. He might start stealing our shit. Yeah, no, very interesting, very interesting. Uh, 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 so, uh. you know, integrity is up to the person. My grandmother used to always say, locks are for honest people. And I never really quite understood what she was saying. Um, you know, locks are for honest people because she would leave her door unlocked and the Bible in the back of her car. And I said, Grandma, she say. Locks for honest people basically saying a lock ain't going to stop a motherfucker. So to me, that in comedy is the same thing about integrity of like how people will say, don't be general. Don't just do a joke about thugs who are gay. You know, make it personal. Mm-hmm. Here we are. Yeah. Not one joke, but two jokes. Yeah. Very personal. My daughter said, "My, you know, my yeah. daughter did thing X. I was helping my daughter with her homework. And she said, and here it is in somebody else's mouth. And not just in their mouth, on stage. I see what you're saying. So on YouTube. If someone wants to take something, basically they're going to take it. They're going to find a way to make it work for them. Lots of honest people. So we'll see. Like I said, I've seen a few cats. We ain't going to name no names. They faked it till they made it. And they really made it. Well, we can talk about one of the biggest ones if you want to talk about it. 
Not a biggest uh, fan of. Hold on. Well, no, no, no. It's, it's it's common knowledge. Hold on. Okay. It's it's not local. All right. All right. But um, not a big fan of his podcast. But Joe Rogan, the time he called out Carlos Mencia, do you remember that? Yeah, but see, here's the thing. And I mean, can you give him the quick backstory? Real quick backstory about what happened. Short backstory. Years ago, Joe Rogan, before he had the podcast and was world famous for that, back when he was just the Fear Factor guy, he um, called out Carlos Mencia mm-hmm. for stealing jokes. Uh, and I mean, yeah, it was a few jokes. He tried to say, I think he stole from Ari Shafir because Ari had opened for him and did a joke about. Mexicans, which I'll do the joke because it's a very general joke. And I was doing comedy at this time. Uh, they say we should build a fence to keep them out. Make Mexicans out. Who's going to build it? D.L. Hewley did the same joke. He did. And D.L. has, you know, it's, it's kind of out there in some books and some publications. And D.L.'s one of my favorite goddamn comics. D.L. admitted on The Breakfast Club that he had took a joke. Mm-hmm. So... But see, I don't even think DL took that joke or Carlos took that joke. That joke was just kind of in the zeitgeist. Yeah, it's a general. We didn't yeah. have any memes and shit back then. And I do think uh, Joe was um, righteous in what he was doing. But it was one of them things a little, and I'm sure Joe would probably even admit to this day, like, I should have just been doing my podcast and just doing, you know what I mean? I could have got started with that sooner and been who I am. Rather than chasing him around all this time because, you know, he didn't make him lose no money. Nah, nah. And generally, you know, not to drop dime on comedians, because I don't like to drop dime on comedians. Um, You know, Carlos lucked up because Carlos, what are you doing? I was thinking it to you. Carlos lucked up because Carlos Chappelle quit and Comedy Central had to find someone or something to fill that void. If y'all remember, some of you might remember the mind of men see is what Phil's uh, reference. And those were big shoes to fill. And then there is something, too, and that's why I said I don't feed a whole lot into this joke-thieving narrative. Because people like to try to say every comedian who's big steals. And it's like, did they steal or are you just fucking jealous of their success? So a lot of comics in L.A. were just jealous of Carlos Mencia. Now, to be 100%, I never found Carlos Mencia to be funny. Mm. Not the jokes he wrote, not the jokes they claim he stole, none of it. Yeah, I and was. I mean, he kind of faded away. I was a bigger fan of the 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 show on Comedy Central than I was actually. I'll be honest. I'm not. I'm not hating the guy. I just I thought the show was funny. I didn't find his oh, stand up. I, I liked I liked George Lopez and some of the, there was you know some what? of the same. It might have been good. Like, if I go back and watch it now, I might feel better about it than I felt then. Because, like I said, then the, the, the Dave Chappelle leaving shadow was looming yeah, large yeah, yeah, yeah. over it. So it was just like, and I think they put it in the t- same time slot right. to where you would watch and just be like, oh, hell no, nah, this ain't near. Because remember, uh, David Allen Greer had a show then, too, called Chocolate News mm-hmm. right after. And Chocolate News was actually decent. They just didn't give it a chance. I mean, it went maybe four episodes and then was canceled. But I think it was, again, mm-hmm. Chappelle's shadow was so large. And right. he just left such a huge void. I think we were all looking forward to maybe, you know, another three years or so of the Chappelle show. Mm-hmm. So when it went off, it was like, boom, they threw Messia in there. And next thing you know, Rogan's on his ass. 
And like I said, that was a very general joke. Now, there were a few other jokes, too. Like you were saying with the sketch, there was like a Cosby joke that he did as a sketch. And they were up his ass. But like I said, I think every big comic at some point will be accused. And it's just kind of part of the game. And like I said, what I've discovered as somebody who's in the mix and in the industry and in the game, Mm -hmm. a lot of people just be jealous of these people. I have to come up with a reason for why you made it and I didn't. Uh-huh. You stole jokes. That's why I'm more morale than you. Yeah, you have millions of dollars. Yeah, you have a mansion. But look at me. I live in a studio apartment and I have my morals. At least I never stole a joke. I will agree with you on that perspective, but I will also say if you're an aspiring comedian, just be original as you can. Cream rises to the top. There's no reason to go and take somebody else's hard work. I, look, like you said, no honest people need locks, okay? But I still say, and, and, because, and, hold on, not everybody's going to be the way Phil and I are. There's some people out there, uh, there's a very famous story about a host of Cash Cab, who's also a very funny comic, found out that somebody was doing his joke, ran up on him in the club, and hemmed him up, and the guy gave him all the money in his pocket, and he's like, this is just a run to feet, don't ever let me hear you doing it. There are comics who will come at you. Well, like I said, it, it, it you know what I'm saying. So you just got to be careful. Consequences and Can't repercussions. Do it. Some just, of them are monetary. Some, some of them are physical. And hospital bills. Both. Don't do it. Just. But um, mostly the danger is persona non grata. I mean, yeah, you're not even yeah. gonna hear anything. You just people just are gonna quit booking you or yeah. won't book you or just don't just you know, and they're never gonna find time to tell. As as bad as it is, I will always say that Arnold's got one of the biggest agents in the game. CAA, I believe you're never be on that side of things because you're persona non grata. Anyway, I'll just say that I will bomb on my own material. Like I've written jokes that went nowhere, and it's it's okay to be bad. You know what I'm saying? You'll get better, but but this is the thing that I be trying to tell people because people will go. Well, Phil, you're X amount of years in, 15 years in. You're runner-up in March Madness at Caroline. You're a semi-finalist in New York's Funnies. Why don't you headline? And it's just like, I respect that title so much. So to see somebody like Joe, and I feel like, and and this isn't about Joe Hill. No. This is about comics like Joe Hill mm-hmm. of like, his peers get jealous of him because they go, this guy's headlining? Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't know how long he's been doing it. I've only been in New York for eight years. But I'll say I've only seen dude about four of those years. Three. So here's all I'm saying. Of like, yeah. No, three years. You're not fooling anybody. Okay. When, you, when you're out here making flyers, you know, doing shows in Ohio with three open micers and making your picture bigger than everybody's, you're not fooling nobody. Yeah, and you're writing headliner Negro. You're going last on a <laughs> that, show that out of is, town. That is that is that's the that's the you know. truth. We only got a couple minutes left. I just wanted to ask you brought something just up. Take take your time. Yeah, and do it the right way. You can't you can't rush through it. Say measure twice, cut once. Yeah. these motherfuckers ain't measuring at all and cutting fifteen different times. Because when you get to the big stage, man, there is no, hey, let me, you know. Measure twice and cut. They want, they want that half hour, and it better be funny. Take your um, time and, and earn it, and real, don't be out here remixing. Right. Real brief, Phil, because we only got a couple minutes left in the, in the catch-up segment here. Uh, you brought up something earlier that I wanted to ask you about also, Nicki Minaj. Uh, real quick, so Nicki Minaj, so we're dealing with this, van, this pandemic stuff. We're, we're dealing with a lot of misinformation out here. Nicki Minaj puts out a tweet that her cousin in Trinidad took the vaccine, <laughs> and became impotent. 
And now the medicine minister in Trinidad is on all these shows up here. My mother was like, yo, Trinidad's in the news. I'm like, oh, great, what happened? Oh, Nicki Minaj. I thought it was something Trinidad's good. In the news. I thought it was something That's good. Like, hilarious. you know, they found gold or oil and the country's booming. But no, nah, Nicki Minaj made a comment about her cousin took a vaccine in Trinidad and now he's impotent. Let me tell y'all something. If you believe that vaccine is making you impotent, you a whole fool. Let me tell you something, okay? I believe, because I'm not a scientist, but I believe that he was already sick first and as a side effect because a lot of things are happening when you get sick when you when you get covid a couple people lost hearing taste their mouth mm-hmm. don't get it back so i think he had it did get impotent then got the shot and now trying to say that the shot is what made him impotent that's he's be the first person that's never happened um, so but the, the bigger picture painted though is that she's giving out misinformation to all these fans. She got millions of followers and they're reposting it. But did she stop? And this, this is where I get upset. You know, Trump had this whole thing about fake news, right? Now, yes, the news is fake, right? Meaning, who in the fuck told you li- to listen to Nicki Minaj? <laughs> oh, the only on, I mean, radio. Look, only listen, on the radio. Let me clean this up. Because she, I don't want to get blasted on Queen Radio. Sis is one of the dopest artists of the last decade. Absolutely. I respect the fuck out of Nicki Minaj. Gorgeous. Rap her ass up. Yes. This goes back to what I was saying about Jay-Z. Talent. Is she a medical professional in any sense? Nope. She's giving you secondhand information. Mm-hmm. My cousins, what, what did the girl on Friday say? My baby sister's cousin, Tracy, had told me you went to the movie. <laughs> now tell me who she was. So my baby sister, anytime you hear my cousin in Trinidad, mm-hmm. and I mean the internet mocked her as they should. My cousin in Trinidad I insert agree. crazy thing here. Yeah. My cousin in Trinidad said he ate a now and later, and now his uh, head is swollen. Yeah, Whatever. You know, yeah. His tongue is permanently blue. What happened was she got caught up in explaining. She didn't need to do the BMAs. She canceled something about COVID. I don't know if it was because she wasn't vaccinated or she had just had it, I think. Mm-hmm. Then she said Drake just had it and he was vaccinated. Mm-hmm. She did not owe us an explanation. She right. canceled for health reasons. Mm-hmm. She has a newborn baby. Right. I was good with that. She didn't owe us an explanation. Yeah, but she went deep. And I'm even okay with her not wanting to get it. She can do whatever the fuck she wants to do. Mm-hmm. And I've been saying to people all week, you know, everyone keeps screaming at people about, you know, just trust the doctors and just trust science. It's like, how many people do you think told people who were part of the Tuskegee experiment, just trust the doctors? Mm. Now, here I sit, I'm vaccinated, folks, for those of you who don't know, two shots, both shots. I know. I see. I'm just you. I'm trying to get. I'm, you. I'm wrapping it up. <laughs> but all I'm saying is, long story short, let, let, <laughs> let people come to their own conclusions and let people get vaccinated in their own time. I was skeptical at first, but then I watched a couple unhealthy motherfuckers get it and live, and they weren't howling at the moon. No. I said, all right. And I only got it to get my freedom papers. I agree. I just I, didn't want to have to sit at the back of the bus because I wasn't vaccinated. Yeah, I, I don't think that the city should be forcing people to take it, but at the same time, people aren't doing what they need to do to protect themselves, which is, this is why we're having the problem. We're having a lot of misinformation, so. But you can 
can get it with the damn. You can, you can, but it's symptoms are less from yeah, what I eat. It's less likely, but you can but, still catch but, it. So. so yeah, let everyone arrive there in their own time, Facts. and let's just not scream yeah, at people. I don't care you know, what people. Are. Now in New York, they've already started enacting that thing where if you don't have the vaccine, you can't go into restaurants. Your, your body, your choice. Yeah. I get it's different because it's contagious and it's airborne. I get it, but I just am one of those people that I trust my immune system, Me too. and I've yeah. never been the type of person to hear someone cough three times and go, oh, you probably gave me something. Yeah, no, I don't Like, if that. I get sick, I've always taken the self-responsibility yeah. to say, Protect yourself. maybe I should have worn a bigger jacket, Yeah. maybe I shouldn't have done whatever thing, got rained on and walked home in the rain, whatever it was, so. Right. Well, just protect, folks, protect yourself. Whatever you decide and to don't do. Don't believe whatever the fuck your cousin in Trinidad says. Facts. Well, we, uh, we've come to the end of segment one. Segment two on the way. Stay tuned. But I don't know, though. All right, y'all. Welcome to uh, the segment two here. We here, but I don't know, though. I think we forgot to remind them where they can follow us. Phil, you can follow me, Avery Mason, the Avery Mason official. No. Excuse me. See, that's how you know I'm. I'm I'm talking too fast. IG, follow me on IG, Avery Mason official, and on Twitter it's the Avery Mason. How how can the folks, good folks, follow you, Phil? And I am Phil Hunt on all social media. Yes, Porn me. Hub, OnlyFans, all of it. Ancestry.com. Let me remind some of you that Ancestry.com <laughs> too. Wow, you your brand is really Look, man. I'm 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 not I'm not uh counting myself out of anything. You know, I'm putting my name in the hat everywhere. Your, your brand is really uh, blown up there. If you're on Ancestry, I mean, they they turned me down a couple times. I, you know, who do you know? Yeah. Oh, what is? What just happened? I had the question thing up. Oh, here we go. All right, y'all. So we're gonna go do it. Uh, advice time, and uh, we're gonna have Mister Philosophus Hunt go ahead. Uh, too far from the break down the first the first joint. There. All right. Yeah, we're gonna do some advice per usual here on, but I don't know though. Yeah, if y'all have questions or anything, hashtag, but I don't know, though, and ask away, you know. Add us, DM us. Uh, this was this one. Gotcha. Uh, here we go. Here's a question. It's the, the way I'm trying to find it. Uh, Dude, what are you doing? That was the, see, the headline. That's the question I want. You know I can read, right? Oh, okay, well, find the question. All right, so I got it. All right, All right first topic, folks. Uh, this is the advice portion of the show, so. We're going to uh, flip things around a little here. Me and Avery usually do opposite ends. Usually Avery reads the questions and I answer, but this time we're going to let me read them. Anyway, mm-hmm. here's the question. Uh, should I make a move on my girlfriend's sister, comma? Wait. The, the questions are split. That's like the lead main question. Okay. Yeah. So where the hell's the answer? You you gotta find the question. It's one of these. Ah, boom. I think it's that one. <laughs> now that I have two kids with my girlfriend, should I make a move on her sister? Question mark. Motherfuckers be asking questions they know the answer to. Long story short. <laughs> oh, long story short. Perfect. That that's not me actually saying that this time. That's actually what it says here. That's the question of the I know this was a nigga that's that a, asked this question. That's somebody from your hometown. Long huh? story yeah, short. That's somebody comma. from your hometown. Go ahead. Oh, oh, this is definitely a nigga. Definitely. Long story short, comma. I'm not technically married to my girlfriend, <laughs> comma. 
that mean? Negro. What does that mean? All right, let me read that again without interruptions, folks. We're going to try to get through this one. Long story short, comma, I'm not technically married, married in quotation marks, to my girlfriend who I've been with for five years. Now, two children later, I feel like all the qualities and values that she lacks I have found in someone else, comma, her sister. Boom. <laughs> I feel like she, my wife's sister, in quotations, may have a small interest in me. And that somewhat motivates me to keep on thinking that I'm a great fit for a different person. Maybe it's her. I need help sorting out my emotions. I'd like your opinion on my dilemma. Oh, uh, baby. Uh, Woo! Oh, wow. uh, this is a married man here, bro. Uh, yes. a, a technically married yeah, man uh, here, Avery. No quotations. Go ahead. Yeah. Give us some advice here. No, there's no quotations on that. I am definitely married, and uh, this sounds like it's going to be on Maury Povich next week. Like, boyfriends who have girlfriends who date girl, their sisters, and it's going to be a problem for you. You cannot date her sister under no circumstances. Like, you know, you're trying to be slick. Now, you, you, you're like, man, I got this girl. She don't got no job, no motivation. She's probably on some kind of welfare. And you look at her sister. Man, her sister making 60, 70 grand. You know, she got it all together. But you got two kids with, you know, you can't, <laughs> you can't be the dog that had the bone and saw the dog in the river with a bigger bone and say, no, man, I'm going to drop this one and go after that one. You're going to lose everything. Uh, do not, under any circumstances. Like, if you're going right, to, I'm not saying you should cheat, okay? If you're going to cheat, you got to cheat outside the family. I'm not encouraging that because technically you're not married, so... I guess y'all still date, but you got two kids. So it's kind of like you're married, right? I guess. But uh, I just love that he started off with long story short. At well, this point, now I'm thinking, are they even technically sisters? Because first you say you're married. Yeah. Then you say you're not. I'm not technically I'm not. I'm sure I don't got no ring. I got two kids with him. Yeah, he's, he's, he's not very him. into uh, titles we, anyway. We were joking about Ancestry.com, and this seems like some of it. Yeah, it seems like the beginning of yeah. um, one of the movies on Ancestry.com. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's here, here's what I'm going to do, because you're obviously a very fucked up individual, Absolutely. and you know the answer to these questions, dog. And, I, and, and, and yeah, this is what a, what a man-like thing to ask, motherfucker. You know damn well the answer. But <laughs> here's where I'm going to play devil's advocate. Because he asked this question, I'm going to guess there is something that really made him think about this. Although I feel like mm. the sister probably pump faking, meaning the second he jumps on the pump fake, she gonna go look at her sister and go, "You know your man tried to fuck me, right?" And you gotta be careful with women, cause a lot of women will have these little undercover uh, beefs or what is it, jealousy, competitive streaks, to where yeah, they're looking to get back at the sister for something that happened when they were fourteen. So a lot of these women will really, A, either really will sleep with you and then will tell the sister and ruin y'all marriage, or B, when you bite on the pump fake, go, here's the message, he tried to fuck me. Here's the DM. Here's the DM. Here's the screenshot. Here's the screenshot, you know what I mean? So, you have to, um, 
be smart enough to kind of see that coming. I would I would never want to basically shit where I eat. It's like you sleep with her sister. Yeah. You got to see her every Christmas. Yeah, it's like your, your kids I'm going to never tell out. you to cheat or encourage you to cheat, but uh, yeah. probably don't do it with her sister. Yeah, Although, yeah. as I said, devil's advocate, I, I think there was something here that made you uh think about this. Um. So there's always the uh, what did Nelly say? I got a friend with a pole in the basement. There you go. I'm just kidding, like Jason. You can <laughs> always just you know casually see them hanging out and just go. You know, if you and your girl are going in the bedroom and she's leaving, you should come back here with us. Oh, What'd you say? And then you could just go. Oh, I was just playing. I guess you know, unless you're gonna do it. Yeah, and then it's not a joke, but I will. So you could do that kind of thing and see if maybe there's some, like I said, I would guess there's a reason that you said this. I do feel like it's probably got something to do with the body. Like, he probably seen his sister got a a mean old booty, and he's like, look, I would love to try that out, like test drive, but do it come with consequences. The test drive, you know, you might lose everything, lose your house. Next thing you know, the title's in your name. And you got the same problems. That's right. You're losing all your money. I wonder if the sister's like younger or something or, you know. But it just, she got it together. You know what else I think, too? I think she's coming over too much. It could be. That she's coming over so much. You don't say they live. That that, that in his mind is just like, man, shit, I might as well be sleeping with both of them. That's crazy. Nah, so that's yeah, crazy. you gotta you gotta get that little devil off your shoulder, brother. Yeah, Unless and if you're gonna do it, like I said, just tiptoe in and just throw, throw it out there one night. You crazy. Like you crazy. Man, y'all should do, you know. You crazy, nah, nah. And then when she goes nah. for you, what the fuck you talking about? You go, Oh man, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Can I have a little fun? <laughs> nah, I mean, don't even don't fall for the pump fake is what I'm saying. Play D. Don't fall for the pump fake. Get back on D. Do not fall for the pump fake. Go Don't fall you. for the pump Go fake. That's you. what the married man says. Go, so he'll catch a rebound. The, this unmarried <laughs> man, you probably don't want my advice. Anyway, uh, we got another one here. Will the woman who romantically rejected me change her mind now that I've told her I don't want to be her friend? Oh, wow. <laughs> No. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm a 33-year-old man, and I'm writing with regards to a recent experience with the girl who has placed me seemingly firmly in the friend zone. I like your insight and suggestions as to what the best course of action there may be. As I'm aware that anything regarding friend zone and or cock blocking tends to be particularly difficult in general. This girl and I have known each other oh, for years through our mutual circle of summer friends. Between 2019 and 2020, especially during the initial stages of the COVID pandemic and subsequent lockdown, we became close and more intimate emotionally. Let me also first clarify that nothing physical has ever happened with this girl and also that she lives in Italy and I live in the UK. So our exchanges are over the phone and through Facebook Messenger. Over time, our conversations got longer, intimate, and deeper. Uh, She started sending and showing some typical indications of interest, IOIs, assessing my current status, asking about previous relationships and other topics. I could tell her attraction towards me was growing in a sort of zigzag sort of manner, which the odd shit test thrown here and there, some of which I'd passed and some of which I'd fell. Unfortunately, it got to the point where I could no longer hold my feelings in and confess my crush on her this one night after having had a few drinks, at which point she immediately 
friend zone me. In capital letters, friend zone. <laughs> you fell for the pump fake. I initially accepted, also due to the immediacy of the shock. <laughs> but later realized that friendship was not what I wanted and expressed my ultimatum, for lack of a better word, to her by saying that I was not interested in being friends only. And that if she was ever to change her mind about me, she'd know where and how to contact me. Woo! I like that. Man up, motherfucker. I feel like I have taken the best course of action. Also, having read that walking away can create massive attraction. And having heard of a few instances in which friend zone has been reversed. Thanks to the guy being able to walk back and never look back. I wanted to ask your insight as to whether or not I took the best possible course of action. And whether such a course of action has the potential to create the necessary attraction for her to reach out to me in time and progress things further. I'm so glad, Phil, I'm so glad we asked this question because you're talking to a guy. I did 19 years hard time in the friend zone, okay? Hard time. All right. First thing I want to say, when he was reading this, the first thing I thought of was Michael Jordan putting up that shot against Cliff Robinson and Cliff going for the pump fake. Uh Jordan hitting the three and then shrugging like, hey, I, I don't know. That's... You fell for the pump fake, bro. Like, okay, so my answer, I'll answer your question, and then I'll give you some of my quick experience in the friend zone. But the question is no. She does not look the at you. The answer is no. The answer is no. Sorry, thank you. She is not looking at you like a potential. You probably have done something to, like, when you're, when you're trying to court a girl, there's a certain way you got to carry yourself. You can't always be available. You can't always be helping around, picking stuff. You know, because then she's going to stop looking at you as like a potential mate and is actually just like actual friend, friend. Like, oh, this is my boy. Because I've made that mistake. There was a girl I was interested in in college years ago. I bought her flowers. I took her to the movies. We had like three dates. I thought were dates. Right. And then she told me on like the fourth one, she was like, yeah, oh, my friend's coming back from the, from the military. What are you talking about? Oh, this guy I, I used oh, to know. Man. And I'm like to myself, man, I, I done bought you flowers. And she was like, oh, no, but I... Uh, what about you and me? Oh, I just look at you as a friend. You're a really good friend, and mm-hmm. and I had no chance. So I I, I have experience because I was way too nice. Yeah, nothing wrong with being nice to women, but like if you're interested, there's got to be a line. Yeah, there has to be a hard that, line, a hard line that you can't cross. Where and they, you can play around for like two, three weeks, yeah, and even a month or two. But after a month or two, you almost have to. Yeah, if it's not work, you got to distance yourself. You have to. I, I respect what he did here. Yeah. Because, yeah, that that's it. You have to put a hard line down with them. Women, I think, by nature, are users. So there was a... I mean, that's... Go, listen, go back to the Bible. It ain't like Phil Hunt is just bringing these things up. It's the first fucking book. You don't even have to be religious. Let's just go by time. What, what is a man? A man is a provider. So then by nature, women are users of what that man is providing. So hold on. Let me finish. Sometimes it's not financial. Sometimes it's not physical. All right. Sometimes it's emotional. All right. I had a woman that, you know, her man would go to work. I think he worked third shift. And she'd sit up and call me in that night. And after a while, you go, all right, well, wait till your man gets off. Like, you just need a motherfucker to occupy the time. You're just using somebody to pass the time emotionally. You know, but every time I hint at, like, well, shit, what's up with y'all? Oh, well, it's just rocky, and, you know, I just don't know. And then I realized after about a month, yeah, man, she's lying. It's not rocky at all. He works third shift, and she thinks, well, since he has to work, why don't I just use you emotionally? So we'll sit here and talk for two hours. 
but I'm never going to meet up with you. We're never going to do nothing. I'm not breaking up with him. I'm just kind of stringing you along. So, yeah, you have to kind of draw hard, line, hard lines with them of, call, you know, and my I think my hard line was, ah, we can't keep doing this. Call me when you want to meet up. Yeah, it, it's, it's got to be, you got to be very specific um, because if you spend too much time doing nice things, I just don't think it builds and let, and let's the be, right type of relationship. And, let, and let's be real, too. I, I, as a man, I'm not a big friend, fan of this friend zone term because I feel like those are, a, it's used by a lot of men that, it's their fault, meaning you were being passive-aggressive anyway. Yeah, you've got to be you say to a woman, I'm interested in you. I would like to take you out sometime. Right off top. Right off top. Right off top. And if they stutter or go, interested in me how? <laughs> Run the other Run. way. Never mind, never mind. Because uh, no no man is ever looking for friends. You Never mind. If they say uh, interested how, then you go find out if she has a sister. And uh... I remember I had a girl... <laughs> I, and I mean the friend zone is tricky because if you're if you're coming out of high school and like y'all used to have classes together, it's very possible to that, that now y'all can work y'all way from being classmates mm-hmm. to being friends to being in a relationship. But I would say honestly, there ain't no woman I've ever met past about the age of eighteen, with the exception of some coworkers, mm-hmm. that we were just friends. You know, usually if you meet a woman, there's some intentions. Either you like her or she likes you or both or someone's lying or in a relationship at the time. So, yeah, absolutely the fuck not. I remember I had a girl on Tinder. We went out on like two dates. And what did she say to me? Something about "Eh, I'm not really looking for anything right now or friends. And I'm thinking, who meet friends on Tinder? And I just didn't say nothing to her ever again. And like six months later, she hit me up like, well, I had fun, and if we could, and I just didn't say nothing again. Because it was <laughs> yeah, just like, you're a pump faker, and, and it just, no. Yeah, Men aren't uh, looking for friends. So no, he did the best thing, which was to just cut her off. If you're in the friend zone and you're a man, it's your fault. Yeah, I will admit to you, Phil, because I've made that mistake, bro. I will come in there, and I'll be nice, and I will do all these things. I'll take you out to eat. No, it's on me. But I'll never say... I, because in your head, you're thinking she'll look and see what you're doing and be like, this guy is nice. But that doesn't happen until they're in their 40s, dude. If this, if whatever age she's at, if she's in like anything under 30, bro, uh, you're getting friend zone. Oh, he's buying me dinner and I don't know how to give him up they, nothing. They, they think they should get things for free. So they think this is just how life works. And you have to kind of draw that hard line. Now, look, I'm a grown ass 35 year old man. Unless it's my birthday. And even then, none of my male friends buy me shit. I don't get nothing for free. A half, high five. So neither do you. And, you, you know, for me, it would be like, all right, three dates and I'm going to make a move. So we in the movies. Up, oh, I'm reaching over for the thigh. And if she slapped that hand away, I, you know, I wouldn't even fight it. It's like, oh, she slapped my hand away. That's it. That's it. Yeah. No, no more return text. None of that. Do you take her home or do you let her get, get, catch a cab? I mean, you know, I'm. Most of my current dates have been in New York, so there's no car. It's a nice hug and a train. See you later. You, you, and then you sure I never see her later. No, nah, I don't give a fuck where she get after she slapped my hand off. You knew what this was. Don't play. <laughs> They're going to get home safely. Oh, God. Oh, man. This reminds me of being in the friend zone so bad. I'm so glad I'm not there anymore. So glad like I, I said, a lot of guys figured a way out. Fall. Yeah. But there are these rare cases, and I mean, 
in his particular case, they were all in a mutual group together and kind of broke off from the group and started forming their own relationship. So I understand how he got there. But like I said, a lot of guys, it's like a lot of guys will, a woman will tell them, I have a man or A or B, I'm not interested. And they'll keep persisting. That's That's like this whole, you know, apply pressure kind of thing. And then we were even ruined as kids. You remember the R&B group High Five? One of my favorite songs to this day is She's Playing Hard to Get. She is not playing hard to get, and you're going to need a lawyer, brother. (laughs) 90% of the time, she's not playing hard to get at all. You need to leave that woman alone. 20 years from now, you'll be canceled. They look at your tweets and your DMs at her, and that's your career. Uh, so yeah, good luck to you getting out that friend zone. Don't do 19 years like I did. I had to, I didn't have a dad in my life like that. So that you know he wasn't around to teach me how to talk to women. So I learned from my mom and my sisters how to talk to women. Hence why I ended up in the Very friend zone nice, yeah. for long. And I'm not saying that they did the you, best they you could. You have to give a lot of women ultimatums. Like yeah. I said, I don't feel sorry for most friend zone guys. Usually that woman I earned is it. told, yeah. and they're just not accepting that. And then I, they want to bring the woman bro. up as if she's wrong, and it's like. She has told you this directly or indirectly yeah. several times. Let me give you some future, some advice before we move on to, um, you know, Betty White. So I'll say this. There's a way to know. Like, if she's telling you about other guys that she's gone out with a date that you are in, you want to do the, you want to do that too? Say, find it. Oh, it's right here. It's, oh, it's right here. It's right here. Uh, you want to do that too? Yeah. All right, go ahead. So listen, if she's telling you about other guys, right, that's, you are in the friend zone. She's telling you about other guys. There's. And asking your advice. There's no doubt about it. So if that happens, run. Because that's happened to me. And she's like, I know this guy really likes me. And I'd be like, man, she's talking to me. Maybe she really trusts the me. she refers to you as a friend. Yeah, if you're her therapist, dude, run. And I mean, there are occasional instances where you can play the long game. But mostly, nah. shit is a dub. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, we're going to get off into the segment known as Betty White, where we read the crime and... You try to guess uh, what race they are. So uh, Right, so what happens if they're white? We're going to say Betty White, right. like the old golden girl. I can't do it like you, but it, if they I black. Couldn't be, no. That, that sounds like some of us. It's usually the PC version of what I go with. Sound like some of us, dog. Mm-hmm. Like I said, this motherfucker that wrote that advice question. Sounded like some of us. Yeah, dog. The 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 saying you married to then breaking it down that that you're not. That that was definitely one of us. The long story short at the beginning. We're technically not married. We get to technicalities. Come on, come on. Alright, so here we go. Let's read some. And we're gonna let old Avery guess here. Alright, I'm ready. Switching roles, a little switcherooski. Mm Mm-hmm. What was that Usher song, Trading Places? That's us today, <laughs> folks. That Negro said he wanted a bubble bath. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> let's get back to this. Women like uh, so the headline is, man escaped inmate busted after venturing out to buy Call of Duty. Uh, he escaped from jail and was living life on the run until duty called. Uh... Clint Butler, a 36-year-old man, had eluded police for months after escaping from jail in November. But the jig was up after he ventured out of hiding to buy a copy of Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, according to police. The fugitive, who had served 14 years of a 17-year sentence for robbery and weapons possession, 
was caught in Birmingham after officers observed him and a friend suspiciously changed directions after spotting police. When an officer asked Butler and his companion why they were in town during the pandemic lockdown, his friend replied, I've come to get the new Call of Duty because I can't sit around in lockdown. The fugitive admitted he was carrying marijuana and allegedly gave police a fake name. When the officer said they'd be running the Dinwiddie duo's information, Butler confused the violent video game for real life and attacked the cops. He's now back behind bars and is set to do an extra two years for breaking out of jail and attacking the officers. This was great work by our officers. The situation escalated really quickly, but both PCs put their training to good effect by restraining Butler, subduing him, and getting him safely in handcuffs, while also calling for backup from officers nearby. Okay. All right, Avery. What race do you think that man was? All right, Phil, thank you very much. Uh, let me answer this by saying, first of all, if I'm on the run, that there's two things I'm risking it all for. Uh, some tail, some booty, uh, you know, a so female. Call of booty. Yeah. Some, call of booty right. is the reason you broke out. And that game, you know, Call of Duty Black Ops was, a, I was one of the best versions of that game. So, yeah, I can understand why he risked it all. Now, the, you know, the clues you gave me, okay, Let's me know that I'm going to try to say this like you, and please help me out because I've been practicing. <clears throat> it's a really good impression of Phil. Here we go. Couldn't have been no yonkers. Couldn't have been no yonkers. Is that okay. good? Yeah, Is that good? Right. All right. Well, couldn't have been no niggas because, first of all, we're not attacking the cops and surviving, okay? Because if, if it was one of us, they would have already had their guns out, and this would have been officer in the line of duty takes down black man. So ain't no black man involved. I'm going to go with... The fact that he had weed on him, he was there with his friend, he was visiting. Did it, Where was this? Did they say where it was? Where it was? Did they say yeah, where it was? They did. I didn't want to tell you because it was a dead giveaway. All right, so I'm going to go with Betty White. Okay, definitely. Come on, what's the name? Is it name? Oh, go. that's a white boy right there. Oh, what's You the know name? once you start throwing him punches yeah. and kicks. Right? <laughs> so there's two violations here. One is that he's a felon that's on the run. The second is that he punched and kicked the cops mm -hmm. to where you go, God damn, like we wouldn't have never got the chance to do all that. At all. Uh, let me get you back to that page. Shit, they would have even shot the Call of Duty game we was holding because it was Black Ops. Hilarious. <laughs> what, what I'm going to say is the next time you want to get Call of Duty, bro, just go on Amazon and have them deliver it. Can uh, they play video games in the thing? Nah, bro. You can't play no video games. And I actually think the headline was misleading. He broke out of jail not to play Call of Duty. He broke out of jail to break out of jail. And was out, you know, after serving 14 years, and you out with a friend trying to pick up Call of Duty. Yeah, he should have just stayed at home. You didn't have to go with him. He would have gotten the right version. <sighs> yeah, you could have just let your mans pick that game up. Facts. Now you're gonna, now you're gonna be picking up soap for the, for another couple of years. Damn, man. <laughs> and see, he really should have just ran. But I guess it's fight or flight. Yeah, but, he thought he had a chance. But you know they got backup, so yeah. now you got to feel stupid. You on foot. The backup yeah. then came, beat your ass, mm -hmm. and you don't get to play the game Not at all. all. You got to watch your friend. You got to send you screenshots. Look how much fun it is. Hey, look, I made it to level three. You got to send you pictures. You know what I mean? All right. Let's move on to the next one. Oh, we got time for like one more. Yeah, let's do one more. Yeah. One more here. All right. I will read the headline. Iconic 
face gets 15 years for robbing bank to finance plastic surgery. An Alabama woman named Iconic Face was found guilty this week on two counts of armed robbery after holding up a Mississippi bank two years ago, a crime she allegedly allegedly committed to fund her plastic surgery. Face's case was slated for trial October or June 28, 2021, but the surgery-obsessed thief requested to plead guilty beforehand. After the 39-year-old's plea, the judge sentenced Face to the maximum term of 15 years on each count to run concurrently. The Ozark natives' charges stem from a 2019 heist of the Bank Corp South in Gulfport, Mississippi. At the time, prosecutors argued that her plan was to rob banks to finance sexual reassignment surgery. Gulfport police had been alerted to Face's 2019 crime by a hidden alarm activated by the bank branch. Upon arrival, bank employees informed officers that the suspect had approached a teller window and handed the clerk a hand-scrawled note that read, You have one minute to give the money. Do not be wrong or die. No weapon was seen or shown, although tellers did recall that the suspect had a swollen face, indicative of a recent cosmetic operation. The robbery was captured on the surveillance system while authorities discovered an abandoned Cadillac near the bank, which they traced back to face. Meanwhile, authorities sent still images of the serial surgery recipient with a memo imploring the public to help the ID suspect. To help ID the suspect. Tellers were easily able to recognize the suspect's criminal's f- iconic face in a photo lineup. The criminal was detained at Houston's George Bush Airport after re-entering the country from Mexico. It was suspected she had received her bank job funded procedure. Oh, her bank job funded the procedure there. As subsequent mugshots showed her sporting surgical tape around her nose. This was apparently not the bank robber's first job, so to speak. Under her birth name of Jimmy Maurice Lewis, Face was found guilty at 26 of robbing a bank in Alabama. Face was sentenced and served 51 months in federal prison, in which she reportedly demanded the teller give 20K. After her release, she legally changed her name to Iconic Face. Face with two C's, folks. Uh, anyway, after all of that, you get to answer the question of what race do you think Face is? Okay, so let me start off by saying the only face that acknowledges Scarface uh, from Houston, also from Houston, Texas. Classic albums he put out. Um, Scarface, shout out to Scarface. Made one of my favorite songs of all time. Guess who's Bizak? Um, In this case of face, you might have felt like your mind was playing tricks on you. Absolutely. Because it sounded like the game plan was to rob the bank, then get surgery and switch faces. So people go, well, that can't be her. There's so many clues in here, Phil, but it's all misleading. The name, I can't get anything off the name. Jimmy, Maurice, something. And then you said Cadillac, and I was like, cool, Cadillac. I think... (laughs) I know who did it. And then you were like, came back into the States from Mexico. And now I'm like, oh, damn. It, it's, and Houston, it's, 
I mean, because there's a lot of people out there doing the, the BBL, the Brazilian butt lift, um, black women, Spanish women, and some white women putting them CCs. She, she took the CCs and put them in her name instead of a butt. So, yeah. man, this is tough. Uh, iconic. Wow. Uh, <clears throat> she might have been a Kardashian the way she's doing surgery. I got it. I went to Mexico to get surgery. That's got to be desperate. Oh, man. I mean, I don't even trust my my kids' toys to come from Mexico, not for nothing, because there's, there's you know, it's dangerous things. This is hard. Um, I don't feel couldn't have been no yokosh. I'm gonna go with Latino. Gotta be Latinx. Mm-mm. Uh, come on. You know this come person on. really. Come on, the Cadillac should have gave it away. That's what I'm saying. Oh, oh that's like, a black woman. Oh, come on. It's a lot going on with the reassignment surgery and, and, yeah. and using bank tellers. Don't they have, like, scholarships and stuff to get reassignment surgery? Yeah, they do. I, so, oh, maybe. That's a brother or a sister, depending well, on Yeah, 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 yeah. So, the Cadillac was a dead giveaway. But, you know what's more ridiculous than that? Mm. This name that this person changed to. Iconic face. Yeah. And, I mean, there's two C's in it, but it's like, when you read it, you go, wait, your name is Iconic Face. This face is not iconic at all. Yeah, like this is... be a boxer. Jesus. Yeah, it's not a good look, the plastic surgery. It looks a little like Jigsaw there on the Who's left. Who's the guy that Muhammad Ali fought that beat him up that last... That really last... George night? Foreman? Not Foreman. It was I don't know. Flat top, big dude, heavyweight. Spinks. Yeah, it looked like Spinks. Young Leon Spinks. Yeah. But, uh, dude, yeah. Wow. That left photo definitely looks, like I said, like Jigsaw from Saw. So. Holy cow. Yeah, this is, uh, I don't know. I guess they thought they'd get less time by not having a weapon and just slipping Ooh. a note to the teller. But it's like, like I said, there's scholarships and shit like that. But yeah, you need to This surgery me. looks bad. Uh, you don't look good. So now you're in prison with, with face surgery. I, I don't know what the fuck is going on here. It's all types of messes going you on. You got to get your money back from that and had already served time in prison. And now I'm over here scratching my head like, well, which prison are they even going to send this person to? I don't know, dog. That seems strange, but whatever. Anyway, uh, that's been our segment of Betty White. Uh, Betty, not only White, but she... Got two C's? You know, you know what I'm struggling with is actually... This crime is pretty genius. She just didn't do it right. How would you have committed a crime? She should have already had money for one surgery. So, right, you go get one surgery, right? Whatever it is. I don't know. They raise your nose or your lips, whatever. I don't know. Botox, right? Mm-hmm. Then you come into the bank with that face. Now you get 20K, right? Then you immediately go and have another surgery. And now they put up the picture of what you look like when you robbed the bank. You no longer look like that. So I feel like, yeah, she, she fucked up because she should have had won the surgery already and then looked completely different. But you know what else, too? Your face is swollen after, so yeah, there you, you can't lie. Yeah. You, if you can hide away for two weeks, then you can get away with it and only come back out. Do not come back out to get Call of Duty. I feel like uh, if you took dinner with Jay-Z, he would have told you that. Yeah, that would have been He's probably told you already in one of his songs. He would have taken a 500K just because she needs it to, to do But that. I, this is what we talked about earlier, sociopath and psychopath of 
this is sociopath, but borderline. Well, she crossed in the psychopath when she iconic robbed the bank. And, and, and then to name yourself face. iconic face is almost to taunt people of yeah. like, your face is clearly swollen and made up. Damn near she looks like Clayface from Batman. Remember that from the cartoon Batman? Look up Clayface, folks, and then Google this crime. Google iconic face and you'll die laughing. Face with two C's. Anyway. Phil Phil is killing it as usual. Uh, <clears throat> so that yeah, that is uh that's what I don't know though, man. We appreciate y'all for listening. Uh please like, share, subscribe, tell a friend, check us out. Phil, you got any dates? Uh this this episode is definitely gonna be out um today it what's today? Friday. So this episode is gonna be out by next week. Okay, cool. So what you got anything coming up next week? You can we can tell our listeners about. Uh, no, nothing next week. Well, nothing yet. Follow us on our social media. Where you at, Phil? At I am Phil Hunt on all social media. And uh, Avery Mason official IG the Avery Mason on Twitter. Look out for our dates there. Please uh, support. Uh, we're like, gonna share, subscribe, yeah, review. Getting us on some new platforms really soon, so stay tuned. Um, this has been dope, man. I feel like we're really. Really, really getting into it, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? These conversations coming real, real uh, comfortable, man. Like, we're moving along, you know. No hiccups. Both on the same wavelength, kind of. Huh? Yeah, kind of. This is getting good. I can't wait till we finally lock down a venue for this comedy show and get it popping. Because then people can come see you. Stop talking about it at this point. People like, man, this comedy show ain't never got Well, I done been to three. Big Shirley on Martin at this point. You never saw her. Talked about her, but you never saw her. Or Tommy's job would have been a better. uh, Yeah, yeah. Tommy's job is is getting to be like all of that. Listen, we just need a venue. I need somebody to work with me. And I've been to three places, and everybody giving me the runarounds. I'm, I'm, I'm about ready to do it in the park or on the corner at this point, right here in front of the building. Yeah. But listen, y'all, tune in uh, next week, next time. But I don't know, though. Y'all going to rock how you rock. But this on behalf of Phil Hunt and Avery Mason myself. We'll see y'all next week. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you. What's up, everybody? It's Avery Mason, co-host of But I Don't Know, though, here to remind you about our listener contest. If we can get to 150 subscribers, that's 150, we're going to be giving away this Nintendo Switch we got here. Not just any Nintendo Switch, one that I used for about two, three weeks. Didn't work out, but it could for you, and you can get a brand brand new used (laughs) Nintendo Switch with a couple of games. All you got to do is follow me and Phil on our social media platforms. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, The Avery Mason on Twitter. Avery Mason official on Instagram, and you can follow my co-host Phil on I am Phil Hunt on all social media, and send us a message with the hashtag but I don't know that's hashtag b u t i d k t h o. Put it out there. You never know. And once we get to 150, one of you lucky listeners is gonna win that switch. So I want to wish you luck. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>